You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to The Paddock and the Pavilion, probably the only podcast which covers cricket and horse racing, with me, your host, Stephen Wallace. After going all over the world playing cricket with Jenny Thompson, we are back to the turf today for our special podcast on Frankie de Tory. On Thursday, the 12th of October, Frankie announced to the media that he was going to continue his riding career in America. But as he said, it could be three months or three years but would ride for the last time in Britain on Champions Day at Ascot on Saturday the 21st of October. In this podcast, Frankie's British Farewell, I was joined by jockey Rab Havlin, Racing.com presenter and journalist Edward Sadler, Racing Post bloodstock journalist Kitty Trice, and Will Aitkinhead, the Senior Corporate and Industry Affairs Manager of Ascot Racecourse. The quartet looked back at Frankie's successes in 2023, gave their thoughts on his global standing as a jockey and looked ahead to Champions Day. Will there be more flying dismounts to end his career in Britain on Saturday? Each interview was carried out before Frankie's decision to continue riding in America. Let's begin with his close friend, Rab Havlin. Hello, Rab. Welcome back to the paddock and the pavilion to talk about your close friend, Frankie, ahead of Champions Day at Ascot. Yeah, thanks for having me back. Well, thank you. What's it like to work with the world's most famous jockey? <laughs> well, we don't really see him at that in the mornings. You know, he's just uh, one, one of the guys. So, um, you know, obviously being close friends with him, it's, it's obviously nice to work with one of your mates, one of your close mates. So. It can be entertaining. So he's fun to work with. Yeah, he's fun. You know, he he uh, he says what he thinks. He he doesn't. Uh, there's no in between with him, so he doesn't really sit on the fence with, with you know the rider world beaters are useless in his book some of the time. How long have you actually worked with him? Oh, oh well, since he really came back to to um, Clearhaven, but obviously our friendship 
pushed back a lot longer than that. So can you remember when you first first met him? Well, obviously, you know, I'd seen him in the weighing room and, you know, we'd been weighing room colleagues without really being friends. But I think, uh, you know, he invited me to his 30th birthday party up in Newmarket when I was still at Manton. And, um, you know, the friendship kind of grew from that night, really. And, uh, you know, we became close pals and, you know, obviously started going on holidays and whatever else together. And, um, and you know, when, when William moved to Godolphin and um, Frankie came back to Clarehaven, um, you know, we were already best mates before that. So it was it was good. Can you remember where you were on September the 28th 1996 magnificent seven were you riding that day somewhere i was i was at hate um and i remember we were all staying back late everybody it's one of those things you i didn't even have to look that up i knew exactly where i was and uh i remember the day well and we were kind of thinking you know after the fifth one can he do it and uh everybody hung back in the weighing room to watch i think they even put the news back didn't they on the tv and extended the program so it was big news for racing and um Probably racing has never really hit those uh, headlines since then, to be honest. Well, hopefully it will again on Champions Day. But were you surprised when Frankie announced his retirement uh, in December last year? No, I wasn't really because um, he'd spoke to me about it, you know, previously. And, you know, he'd been speaking about it, you know, for a year or so before that, really. So it wasn't really a surprise. I knew he'd been thinking about it and I knew, you know, he wanted to, to, to explore other avenues. A good time to go out at the top, though. Of course. And, I mean, he is going very much so. Has he gone out at the top? You, you only have to... I mean, I think when Chaldean won the 2000 Guineas this year, we all knew what kind of year it was going to be for him. And he's been very selective with his rides and probably strike where it's better than anybody in the country, I can imagine. Yeah, well, he's won the Oaks. He's won the Ascot Gold Cup, four wins at uh, Royal Ascot and also won the Judmont International. Yeah, I mean... Fantastic, wasn't it? Really, and uh, he gave Mustadaf a, a, a brilliant ride in the in the, in the Judmont, just going out there and setting his own fractions, and um, kind of bossed the race really. So uh, no, he's um, he's still riding very much at the top of his game, and I, I, you know, I don't think anybody thinks uh, it's time for him to retire really by himself. So um, I'm sure he could keep going another few years and still be riding at the the, the top of his game as he is now. What have you made of this uh, farewell tour, you know, across Europe, Britain, Ireland? Uh, he's been in the States and going back to the States. Yeah, he seems to be enjoying it. He's, he's, he's loving it, actually. And um, it's as if he's uh, he, he's no weight on his shoulders. He's not. He really seems to be enjoying this last year. I know, I know he is really enjoying this last year. You've not yourself rode, rode in Hungary then? I've rode plenty in Hungary. I actually told him about the track. I've rode plenty of winners around Budapest. and. Uh, I've actually probably ridden winners in most of them European countries. So uh, I was uh, he, he did actually ring me up to see if I'd been there and what was it like beforehand. So I was able to give him a little bit of advice about that. What do you think are his qualities as a jockey? Well, he's he's got everything, isn't he? He's got the balance, obviously. He's got the brain. He's got a clock in his head. Everything comes really naturally to him. You know, um, he, he's good in the morning. He can... He can, you know, like he don't really waste his time on the, the mediocre horses, but with the good ones, he can, he knows the tried and trusted routes and where they should go and where they should avoid. And 
at, at party level, at the highest level. So that's always something that, you know, a, a top stable needs, uh, you know, needs that kind of insight and knowledge, really. So he has that. He has the experience of riding in every track in the world. And, um, you know, you can put him anywhere and he doesn't look at a place. So he's he's got the whole package, really. And riding for over 30 years, he's got the dedication and the fitness. Uh, as we said off air, a jockey's life is is a tough one. Well, I'd say mine's is a bit tougher than his. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he, uh, look, he, he trains, he's got the time, you know, he trains every morning, he does an hour in the gym every morning. And that's, even when he packs up, he, he will do that because that's just his routine. And he's, he's very, you know, he's, he's one that likes to stick to routine, really. So um, his fitness is, is still good, at, even at the age he is now. And you will miss him when he's not there at Clarehaven and not uh, racing all around the country. Yeah, obviously he hasn't been racing as much, but I still see as much of him because we're great mates. So, you know, I'll miss him as a mate. Uh, obviously, when he when he um, goes across the pond and whatever else, and, you know, I won't be seeing as much of him in, in the mornings or the afternoons, but I'm sure we'll still be holiday, holidaying together at certain times. And, uh, you know, I'm, we, we won't lose touch for, for sure, but... The weighing room will be a, a quieter place without him, and certainly the racing world will be will miss him immensely. I would imagine, being you know probably the most well-known jockey in the world, really. Moving ahead to Champions Day Saturday, the twenty-first of October. Hopefully, you will be there having a ride as well. Yeah, hopefully, Sweet William runs there um, in the staying race, so that'd be nice and then I think we're heading to the Grosvenor after racing for a farewell party so that should be a, should be a good night and an eventful night that we shall remember Well it'd be fantastic if you can ride a winner Frankie on Champions Day and we have one more flying dismount Well he usually delivers on Champions Day and at Ascot so I think that would be like a short odds odds for that to happen uh, it'd be um I don't think he won't get any worse of a send off. He doesn't ride a winner, but I'm sure that he'll lift the roof, and I'm sure he probably will ride a winner or two on that day. He always he always seems to do. Well, it's his, probably his favourite course, Ascot. Yeah, it's definitely his favourite track. So um, I'm sure he'll be back uh, as a punditry in in the future, and telling us all where we're going wrong. So uh, I'm sure he he'll be back at Ascot over the next few years. Well, thank you very much, Rab, for uh, sparing the time with me this morning to talk about your close friend, Frankie Dettori. No problem, Stephen. Been a pleasure. The best of luck to Rab on Champions Day on Sweet William and for sharing his thoughts on what it's like to work with the world's most famous jockey. We are going down under for our second guest to hear from Edward Sadler, presenter and journalist for Racing.com. Thanks for joining me on the paddock and the pavilion to talk about Frankie ahead of Champions Day. Stephen, my pleasure. What's been the reaction down under to Frankie's impending retirement? And I think there's been a lot of interest, particularly when the announcement first came through. And then in Australia, we do gravitate to British racing, particularly in your summertime. Things are a bit quieter in our winter and we wanted to follow Royal Ascot and the fortunes of Frankie, but then also the major meetings like what he's been able to do at at Newmarket and several huge meetings there in the UK and across Europe. And so he's a big player. And I think not only um, 
from a, a racing fan point of view, Stephen, but also I think he's probably influenced our best jockey here in Australia and Damien Oliver, who's ridden more Group 1 winners than anyone else in the history of Australian racing last weekend um, at the time of recording this with you, we won the Underwood Stakes and Alligator Blood, and that was his 129th Group 1 win in his career. And Damien announced back in August that this spring carnival was going to be his last and that he would finish in his home city of Perth. And I think seeing what Frankie had done probably inspired Damien to decide that they're both essentially the same age. And Damien's 51. I think Frankie might be a year or two older, but essentially the same age. And I think Damien's probably thought, well, if that's the way to do it, let's do it like Frankie's doing it. And you've been following Frankie's tour around Great Britain, Ireland, Europe. He started off in the States. Yeah, that's right. And um, it's been pretty incredible what he's been able to do. Um, He might even be wondering why he's calling time, but uh, he's got to be the biggest name in world racing. Everyone around the world who follows the sport knows who Frankie is and you can't help but marvel at what he's able to do at this stage of his career, Stephen. Yeah, four wins again this year at Royal Ascot. No no Australian wins there this year. Uh, also won the Ascot Gold Cup and and two classics. Well, just while we're settling scores, um, there might have been a cricket series that took place between Australia and England a few months ago that went in the way of the, the right team, Stephen, but uh, no Australian wins at Royal Ascot. You're right, our horses weren't quite up to it in 2023 but how high do you rate uh, Frankie Dettori as a jockey he's got to be one of the best ever hasn't he um, I think you look at what he's been able to do all around the world and to go nearly anywhere and be able to win big races and and not just what he's been able to do on the track for the sport, but also off the track with his promotion, with the way that he is with the media, with that flamboyant personality. He's been a great ambassador for the sport. I've always sort of thought that in Australia, Damien Oliver is the best I've ever seen. In Hong Kong, I was lucky enough to have a close view of Zach Purton and Joe Marrera and their incredible battles. And, I'm a huge admirer of Ryan Moore for how he can go anywhere and slot in like he's ridden in that jurisdiction every day over his lifetime. And I have Frankie right up there with them for those big race wins in Hong Kong, Dubai, the UK, America, France, Ireland. Um, Perhaps the one country actually, though, and I don't want to be negative about Frankie, but the one country that perhaps his record isn't the best is Australia. We know he's been trying since the 90s to win the Melbourne Cup. It hasn't happened. And Australians, as you've seen in cricket, I know another sport that you're passionate about, Stephen, um, we're a harsh lot down here. We're harsh critics. And Frankie does have a few critics down here for the fact that he hasn't brought that form from the Northern Hemisphere down under. So maybe 2023 is the year that he can correct that and then... um, go out on a high note and say that he's won a Melbourne Cup or one of our big races before he does hang up the boots. You mentioned Hong Kong, uh, Edward. You you interviewed him and you worked in Hong Kong and he he did have big race wins in Hong Kong and I think he's planning to go back there before the end of the year. Yeah, that's right. We're hearing that um, he'll be riding in the international meeting in December, their biggest day of year in one of the biggest racing jurisdictions. So, if that's the case, he'll be riding in front of eighty to 100,000 punters from 
all around the world who descend on Shah 10 for that second Sunday in December. It will be superb to see. And when I was in Hong Kong, I missed out. I was well after his days of winning the Hong Kong Cup on Ramonte Felbrave, fantastic light. Um, but when I was there, he was the big draw card for an international jockey series one year. I think it was in 2019. He was the headline act. And I, as you said, got to interview Frankie on the Tuesday leading into that jockey challenge on the, the Wednesday night at Happy Valley. And what struck me was just how professional he was to deal with Steve. And um, we sat down, cameraman made sure they were ready like we do for any television interview. And then um, as soon as the cameraman said rolling, I said, ready to go. And Frankie said, yep, they've said rolling. He knew the drill better than I did, Steve. And um, he's done it that many times. But just he turns on the charm when the cameras are on. I'm not saying he's not charming and uh, a nice guy away from it. But you can just tell that he knows what's required of him from the media. As soon as the the spotlight's on him, he, he does it brilliantly. On that point, how much will he be missed by horse racing and sport in general? He is a global superstar. Yeah, he is. Um, And I think racing is one of those sports that unless you're a diehard fan, you're generally familiar more or less just with the key players in your own part of the world. Frankie defies that. Everyone knows who Frankie is and has done for all the years that he's been riding for the last 30-odd years. So... I think racing will miss him terribly. He brings that show business to the big meetings that he rides at and everyone wants to see him. Everyone wants to run to the parade ring after he's won a big race to see him do a flying dismount and the way that he engages with the crowd. Um, Every athlete obviously has a shelf life and has to call time and on their careers and I think it would be sad if Frankie was to keep on going beyond his best years, but he's still riding at an incredibly high level and the fact that he is calling it a day soon enough, yeah, he'll be sorely missed um, all around the world by racing fans. Well, let's hope he does get a chance of a ride in the Melbourne Cup. It'll be his 18th ride. He's been second on two occasions. He's gone close. Um, He went close on... Central Park back in 1999 and a a really bunch finish to the race. That was when he was riding for Godolphin. He's also been well supported by one of the biggest donors in Australian racing and Lloyd Williams, who's owned more Melbourne Cup winners than anyone else has. And Lloyd almost gave Frankie Melbourne Cup winner back in 2019 on Master of Reality. Frankie and Master of Reality turned for home in front and were in front really until the final 50 metres of the race when the Aussie-trained Vow and Declare kicked back on the inside to beat him. Uh, the stewards then deemed after Frankie finished second past the post on Master of Reality that he had caused interference to Aidan O'Brien's ill parody. So as a result, Frankie's gone from finishing second beaten in a head-bobbing finish to finishing fourth. So he hasn't had a lot of luck in the race in the past. As you say, he's gone very close in it before. We hope, we know he is coming to Melbourne for the Melbourne Cup Carnival, so that's fantastic. Um, the issue will be finding a horse for him to ride in the Melbourne Cup because we had the weights released just over a week ago for it, and the way it looks at this stage is there isn't a horse suitable in Frankie's weight range. The hope was that absurd he'd be able to ride him, but... Uh, He's probably got too light a weight for Frankie to ride. So 
We know he'll be there at Flemington. Hopefully he'll be there in the saddle. And um, if he's there and he's able to win the race, Flemington will be raucous. The big day in the UK will be on Saturday the 21st of October, Champions Day. Will you be tuning in to watch the racing from Ascot? Yeah, it'll be late night our time. Um, but uh, no, I'll certainly be watching. It'll be a, It's always a terrific meeting. It's, as you know, a great end to the British flat season. But uh, with the extra reason of it being Frankie's last day in the UK, now I'll be tuning in for sure, Stephen. Well, thank you very much for joining us on the Paddock and the Pavilion. Anytime. My pleasure, Stephen. Our next guest on Frankie's Farewell is Racing Post Bloodstock journalist Kitty Trice. Thanks for joining me, Kitty. Oh, not at all. It's my pleasure. It's great fun to be on. Thank you for having me. Well, Frankie Dettori, two derbies, six arcs, 81 Royal Ascot winners, 23 classics, and this weekend his 500th winner at Newmarket. How high do you rate him as a jockey? Oh, he's got to be up there, hasn't he? I mean, you know, he's transcended the sport in terms of his name. If you ask someone outside of racing, you know, someone in racing, they'll say Frankie. I mean, he's just, he's got such a sort of, you know, flair, so much. I think it's the whole package, really, because he's obviously got a huge amount of ability, but he's got the character, you know, no one's going to miss him when he's on form. Like, when he flies, he absolutely flies. And um, there's no one quite like him, really. You know, he's, 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 he's just a character and he's brilliant as well. So I don't think... It'll be very hard to replace him, but we've got to keep, you know, looking ahead, nurturing young talent. But I think he is quite a one-off. You're a lot younger than me. When do you first remember Frankie Dettori? Well, I got into racing around sort of 2008 time. I was more concentrated on the jumps, but, you know, he was always around. Like, every he wasn't far out of the headlines. Obviously, he went through a bit of a, you know, tricky phase after, you know, after numerous things, but um, he's come back like all the champions do, and you know he's he's just been phenomenal. I it's everything I remember. I mean, one of my favourites of him personally was when he won the arc on, on Golden Horn, and you know from a very wide draw and just that ride, he you know went out and then came back in. It was just perfect. One of those rides you won't forget. I don't think you've seen him shine a lot in your job this year, haven't you? You haven't been to Hungary and Sweden, but you've been most places to watch him. No, no. I I went to Broke Park a few years ago, but that was for the Women's Jockey World Cup, so not involving Frankie. I haven't been to Hungary. It's another place I'd like to go. Um, But no, I've been very lucky to see him. Royal Ascot, you know, winning the Gold Cup on Courage Monami. He was obviously in great form there. And then going to York, again, another fantastic ride. On Mustardaf, you know, it was was just one of those rides that was absolutely perfect. Obviously, the horse is a very good horse, but you know, came back to a wonderful reception. It was great to see, you know, him and all the Shadwell team shake a hiss of that. It was just, yeah, that was a great day as well. But yeah, um, been great seeing him this year in just such flying form, really. Is he still riding at his best? I'd say so. I mean, you know, he's just, yeah, he's he's done very little wrong. And yeah, you know, if you're as high profile as him or say someone like Ryan Moore, you're of course gonna get beaten. You're of course, you know, everyone makes mistakes, but to me he's just riding as well as ever and it's great to see, you know, it's great. I know there'll be future stars, but how much will racing and sport in general miss Frankie Dettori? Uh well sport and you know, racing is a part of that. They need characters, you need people standing out, shining a light and 
flying the flag and he's done that for so long that I think people are worried about what the future holds and it is you know the unknown is always worrying but we've got we've got loads of you know excellent riders you know Holly Tom McQuand those people but again it's it's quite different with Frankie because he's got this persona outside racing I think it's about developing these characters to the outside audience as well now you've said off air you're not going to be at Champions Day on Saturday the 21st of uh, of October but uh, you'll definitely be tuning in to, for Frankie's farewell oh yeah well it's just you know something to watch something to there's something going in the history books really because Obviously, wasn't really around for Lester Piggott, um, but yeah, you don't see these characters very often, and someone as brilliant as he is, you know, he's had peaks and troughs, but mostly, you know, what an amazing career! So he deserves to go out with all the all the aplomb, anyway. Yeah, he deserves it. Hopefully, he'll get a good batch of rides on Champions Day. Yeah, well, he's he's been booked for um, potentially King of Steel and Champion Stakes. He's got Ken Ross, who's you know, wonderful, wonderful horse, and he's always up there, bang up there, and um, there's a few others, but, you know, I think trainers will be using him. I, and then, of course, there's the Breeders' Cup, where I think I think in the paper tomorrow, John Gosden has said he's going to be lining up a string of horses and maybe then Spiral will go there. And, you know, on, as we've seen on her best form, she can match pretty much any horse. She's, you know, fantastic filly. A few more flying dismounts still then. Yes, I don't know how his knees have done it all these years. If I had been doing this, like I think my knees would have gone, but he's, he's obviously a lot lighter and more agile than me. So, yeah, no, hopefully a few more because we, we do want it. It's what everyone wants to see. Well, thank you very much for joining me, Kitty. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Frankie's first ride in England was on Mustack Bill in the Middlesex Handicap at Kempton on the 20th of April, Easter Monday, 1987, for Peter Warwin. He finished second at 33 to 1. His first win was for Luca Kamani riding Lizzie Hare in the Birdless Grove handicap at Goodwood on the 9th of June 1987. Frankie was champion jockey in 1994, 1995 and 2004. As at the 11th of October 2023, he has had 3,364 wins in Britain from 17,067, at a winning percentage of 19.7. Special thanks to Tim Cox of the Cox Library for providing the racing information. Our final guest to set the scene ahead of this weekend's Champions Day is Will Aitkinhead, the Senior Corporate and Industry Affairs Manager at Ascot Racecourse. Well, what has been Frankie's impact at Ascot over the past 30-plus years? That's a big question, Stephen. It's been incredible, really, hasn't it? It's um, it's really hard to, to put it into words how much he's meant to Ascot and how, I think how much Ascot has meant to him as well, really. Um, you know, going all the way back to his first winner at the Royal Meeting um, in 1990 um, and then all the way up to his final Royal Meeting this summer where he, where he had had those four winners to take him to a total of 81 Royal Ascot winners, which is the most of any jockey still still riding and, and still alive and only, only Lester Piggott ahead of him in, in those ranks. So I mean, it's not just a Royal Meeting, of course. Obviously, he's had winners across, I think it's more than 220 winners at Ascot across his career. It's only only the two Newmarket tracks where he's ridden more winners. Um, so it, it's been incredible. Um, 
and it's really, as I say, it's, it's hard to put into words, really. And it will be a very emotional day, I'm sure, for everybody involved on his final day of riding it in in this country, which we're we're honoured that we'll, it will be Ascot, um, obviously on, on Kipco British Champions Day. So it's a day we, we're all hugely looking forward to, but obviously tinged with a with a with a with some hints of sadness as well. I'm sure that it will be the final chance we get to see of him riding um, in this country. I mean, this year at Royal Ascot, he went out with a bang, four four winners, and and won the Ascot Gold Cup for the ninth time. He did, yeah. I mean, it's, it was typical Frankie, wasn't it? He, he had that kind of difficult day on the Tuesday where I think he had two or three seconds, certainly a second in the, in the Queen Anne um, and St James's Palace, and then and then he waited until the second last race on the Wednesday before getting on the board, and then obviously that Thursday was was brilliant, you know, riding the Gold Cup winner, as you say. Um, he writes his own script, doesn't he? And 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 for a horse. You know, for him to, to do it, get it, get the job done on Courage Monami and and um, yeah, it was an incredible day really. And then the two winners on the Friday as well. So it was all through the week. Um, you know, the only thing he didn't quite manage to pull off was a, was a winner on his final ride at the Royal Meeting. But you can't have it all, as they say. So um, yeah, it was great, great, great to see him go off with such a bang at the Royal Meeting. We mustn't forget really his biggest highlight though, the Magnificent Seven back in nineteen ninety six. Yeah, as you say, not, yeah, 1996. We were watching back to that footage recently. I think it's the 27th anniversary of it, of it this year. Um, and we were watching back all those, some of those interviews and um, and the race replays. And it's incredible, really. I think it was probably, took, took a while for it to sink in. It, it, on the day as it was unfolding, it, 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 it people seemed to, it kind of, yeah, it was really the day after, I think, that it all kind of, his life changed, I think. And he'll say that himself, I'm sure, that, you know, the, when the people was, Press was stood outside his door, and the next the phone wouldn't stop ringing. It kind of, as I say, his, his life changed forever, and, and and incredible for racing to have that moment really that put racing on the front pages and and on the news headlines, um, and for a jockey to to do that and on a on a day like that as well. It wasn't you know it wasn't a quiet day, um, at, at a smaller track. It was one of the biggest days. You know the precursor to Champions Day. Um, with with the winners with the second stakes and to ride the winners on seven winners on on that day is, uh, you know, we, we haven't seen it since and it's incredibly unlikely that we'll ever see it again. I think something like that. So what have you got planned for Saturday the twenty first of October on Champions Day? Yeah, well, it's there'll be a few things that race goes can get involved with. Um, obviously a lot of it would would depend on Frankie's rides and and what he's doing and where his final ride falls and um, obviously. It, yeah, a lot will depend on that, but we'll, we'll have the opportunity for him to obviously say goodbye to the to the to the racegoers and the crowd that he's loved and they've loved him over the years. So I'm sure it will be emotional. Um, there's there's be lots of opportunities for people to say thank you um, across the day and a few things to announce and unveil. I can't go into too many details because a lot of them will will be um, will be revealed in the week building up to it and, and on the day itself. So. Um, yeah, there, there'll be there'll be lots of opportunities. As I say to um, to say thank you to Frankie and and um, and remember his his career through, through, throughout the years. Must be a great honour though for Ascot Racecourse to be hosting his last day's racing racing in Britain. Yeah, a huge honour, as you say, Stephen. You know, it, there was some when he first announced his retirement. I think it was back in January when we were meant to be racing. We were meant to have a, our Clarence House Jumps Day, and there was no racing anywhere. And in the UK, and he chose that moment to to announce his his retirement, which which was perfect. Really, he's given everybody the chance to plan for this day and this moment. And ticket sales are really really strong, as you would hope and expect. That people want to come and see Frankie for the last for the last time. And 
as there were speculations to where he would have his last ride in, in Britain, whether it would be Newmarket or Ascot. And as I say, we're, we're hugely honoured and thrilled that it will be Ascot. We've just got to hope and pray that he can go out on a winner, really. That's the uh, that's the dream. As I say, he's, he has a habit of writing his own scripts and the success he's had this year alone has been phenomenal. Um, so hopefully there'll be one more one more big winner in the bag and one more flying dismount for, for, uh, for people to see. Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.